Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the 31st edition of the Sports Run-On Podcast. In this podcast, we'll be doing things a little bit differently, as we will be, to, we will be adding another topic to what what our usual podcasts consist of. We will, be, we will be talking about the World Series, as it is now going to be starting, with the series being between the Washington Nationals and the Houston Astros. This will be a seven-game series, but it's a best-of-seven-game series. In this series, the Astros will have the home field advantage as... Eight of the uh, four, excuse me, of the seven games will be played in Houston. So now looking at it, game one will be at the Astros. Game two will also be at the Astros. So the first two games will start out being played in Houston. Then the next three, game three, four, and five, will all be played in Washington D.C. This is the Nationals' entire home stance. So they definitely need to make this count, especially if they lose the first two games, which is very possible because the Astros are a very, very talented team. They were over a 100-win season, which is why, in most cases, they're definitely projected to win the World Series this year, like, without question, which is why I don't, this is definitely not going to be, be an easy game for the – easy series for the Nationals at all. But I definitely think that getting a, at least one of these two, first two, which are going to be played in Houston, is going to be ginormous for the Nationals to be able to have a chance to win this season. And then especially since it's a four-game series, so we have to at least go to four. At least two of those four will be played in Washington, D.C. But I really think if you're the Nationals, you have to really have to go with the game plan of thinking, if you want to beat this Houston team, you're going to have to win games. I mean, since you own the home field advantage, you're going to have to win games at their place. Literally, I think it could, this series could definitely be decided in these first two games. If, they, if the Nationals are somehow able to split these games with them, this could be a very interesting series. But if the Astros are just able to take control like some people expect them to be, like, like they've done in some of the past series, I, I think that this series could honestly be done pretty quickly. Just because the fact that the Astros are just a very hard-hitting team, I just think it's really going to be interesting because the Nationals, as you saw if you watch any of the Cardinals series for the NLCS, you would, you would see that Nationals, they no-hit them through six innings for the first two games of that series, which was just it was ginormous. They ended up sweeping them 4-0. Four, four they ended up winning four straight, and the series was over then. This series is going to be very interesting just because the fact of these two teams that were kind of on like two, di- like two really different sides of the regular, like coming into the postseason. They were on really two, kind of two different sides of the spectrum here. As the Astros came in as like a top seed, they had over 100 wins. They had an incredibly stellar season, and a lot of people projected them to be right where they were. Them are the Yankees, who they beat in the ALCS. The Nationals, as I said, are kind of on the other side. They're kind of on pretty much the opposite of that, which they barely made into the postseason. And I don't know if there's anybody, even if you're, even if you live in D.C. and you're a diehard Nationals fan, I don't know if even they would have expect, they would have hoped. I don't even know if they would have realistically expected for them to be able to beat the Cardinals, be able to sweep the Cardinals and just walk to the World Series. I don't think that even if you're a diehard Nationals fan and you're like, yeah, you hope that to happen, but do you honestly think, I don't know if there were a lot that honestly thought, like, oh, that's what's going to happen. It's going to be hard to hit either of these teams, even though I say that, but both of these teams hit each other very well. Like, I mean, they hit very well. That's why they're here, So, which is why it's just going to be very interesting. As what it's looking like for the Game 1 projected starters, it's going to be Garrett Cole for the Astros and Max Scherzer for the Washington Nationals. That Game 1 will be played at, at in Houston. A lot of these games are going to be definitely big turning points for the, like, every game matters is kind of what I'm trying to say here. They're like, yeah, every game matters, but I feel like it's just even bigger here because especially I think these first two games can really show you how this series is going to go. 
if the Nationals can't split with them, it, it, they're going down 2-0 to a team that's this good. And then the Astros having the confidence, even if, yeah, we're going, you're going back to Washington, D.C., but even if they have that confidence, it's going to be really hard to try to break that confidence from them, especially, like, with some hitters, if they, like, get into a really good groove, that could sometimes it makes your job so much harder just because they're just – they're feeling good, they're hitting well, and they just have a lot of confidence, which is what the Astros would definitely get if they were able to win the first two games of this series. Now moving on to the NCAA, we had some shakeups in the NCAA. First off, before I tell you about those, I'll read off the newest edition of the AP Top 10 going into Week 8, a very big week in college football, as we have a Top 10, 15, and Top 20 matchup coming up in this. As I'll talk later, that can it's really it, there's a chance they can really mess up the the entire like the NCAA going forward, like standings wise, just going off this week, how big that it's going to be this this week and next week. The newest AP Top 10, we have number one will be Alabama will be sitting at number one. They did not move. We have number two, LSU. They stayed the same also. We have number three, Ohio State. They ended up jumping over Clemson as Clemson used to be three, and now they're four. So those teams ended up flip-flopping. We have Oklahoma sitting at number five. Penn State at number six after a big win over Michigan at the end. Number seven, Florida, who is playing one of the biggest games of their season against LSU this week, which is one of the big top ten game, which is the top ten game that I was talking about, which will premiere this week. So that's going to be the the game that everybody nationally is going to be looking for is to see how Florida plays, how LSU plays against the real top opponent. Number eight being Notre Dame, they're still playing well. I mean, after even after that loss to Georgia, they're still up there. Number nine, Auburn, and then number, speaking of Georgia, they'll round out the top ten at number ten. My initial thoughts for this top, this AP top ten is just probably the fact of I, I like the, the choice that OSU jumped over Clemson. I think they're definitely the better team in this scenario, like at this point in the season, excuse me, at least. Because I think Justin Fields has just been playing absolutely out of his mind as of recently. Ohio State, they will be playing Wisconsin next week. And Wisconsin, if you did not know, got upset by unranked Illinois on the road at, at the Illinois off a game-winning field goal, which ended up ending their undefeated season at that point, which kind of took a lot of pressure off of that game. Like, yeah, it's still a top-20 game, but it's, it's not like a five versus six, like is what, which is what is projected to be. Before Wisconsin was upset, I mean, it's still a three versus thirteen, which I mean isn't it's not like a dud of a game. Like it's not like nobody's gonna watch it. People are still gonna watch it because this Wisconsin team is still a very good football team. But I mean, it's really not gonna be as big of a deal as a lot of people thought it was gonna be coming into this game, just because after that Wisconsin loss, it really made people kind of question how good Wisconsin was. Just, but I, I, I don't think there's no question that they could easily come in and beat Ohio State. They're going to play probably a good, close to a perfect game, which, I mean, it, I say that, but you're going to have to do that to beat most of these, like Bama, LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma, like probably top five, probably, yeah, probably at least top five out of those five teams that I mentioned. You're going to have to play a perfect game. They're going to have to make mistakes. That's kind of just like, they get the top recruits. I mean, they're just skill-wise, they're going to beat you at every position. I mean, maybe not every position if, like, I mean, it's, but if you're, like, an unranked one I'm talking about, like, Illinois beating Wisconsin, like, in that game, Wisconsin made some stupid mistakes. They had some turnovers, and Illinois had to have that. Like, if you want to admit it or not, these teams aren't just going to come in. They're going to play man-on-man football, and they're just going to beat you one-on-one. No, these teams are better. They know coming in better. 
And Illinois, I mean, no had to know coming into that game, we have to force turnovers against Wisconsin. We have to make them make stupid mistakes because if we try to play man-on-man football, we're a good football team, but we're not. I don't know if we're a we-can-beat-Wisconsin-straight-up football team, which is why I feel like people say, like, yeah, they have to, they have to play a perfect game and, and like, the, these teams have to make mistakes. Isn't that true for every top matchup if you're an unranked team trying to come in and play? It was the same thing with South Carolina-Georgia, the upset pick I talked about last week. In South Carolina, they came in, and there was a lot of chances. There was a lot of reasons that they definitely shouldn't have beat Georgia. I think in that case, South Carolina was kind of different because I think South Carolina, well, I mean, they played a better game. I mean, they didn't, and neither did Georgia. Georgia ended up losing off their own flaw, which is, I mean, sometimes what happens. That's how these top teams have to go down. The only way that they lose to these unranked teams is if is off their own demise. Like, they... A missed field goal, an interception to seal it type thing, which is also talking about something to, to seal it, is Wisconsin. This game was tied with, like, about three minutes to go. Uh, Wisconsin tries to lob a pass out to their tight end, who's go, they're going on a corner route, and the linebacker for Illinois jumps up and picks it off. And that's, that ended up being what sealed the game as they drove down. They drove down, took a couple knees, and hit, and hit like a... Like a, like a, I think it was like a 39 yarder and he went right down the middle and that's how they upset him. Like, as I said, Wisconsin had to make mistakes and it's, I don't know, it's really, that's just what I really have to say about that. Mostly just because everybody's like, oh, you have to play a perfect game to beat these teams. Like, a perfect game can also equal a very good game plus mistakes by the team, like by the better team, which in that case is the higher ranked team. Like, like, South Carolina didn't play a perfect game. Illinois didn't play a perfect game. But what did they do? They forced turnovers, made stupid mistakes. They put the pressure on that team, like, which one turned into an interception late and the other one turned into a missed field goal to lose the game. But, I mean, just some of the other te- takeaways that I saw was the Pac-12's only hope to have any chance at a playoff team is Oregon. They're going to pretty much have to win out, and they're going to have to hope for luck. If they have any chance of having any representation in the in there, as Oregon is not even highly ranked, as I read off the top ten, they're not in it. There's no Pac-12 team that is. So I think, but Oregon is still definitely the only hope for a Pac-12 team to get in at this point. Just because, I mean, pretty much because they've been losing too much. They've been losing to each other. They've been losing non-conference. Oregon lost a non-conference game to Auburn, and that's their only loss of the season right now. I mean, if they were undefeated and they could have beat Auburn, Auburn probably wouldn't, wouldn't be in the top 10, and Oregon might be. So, I mean, um, next, number two, Wisconsin might not be as good as we thought they were. I, I mean, I talked about this, like, literally just a little bit ago. I still think Wisconsin's a good team. I still think that, that Ohio State's game is going to come down to the very end. If you think that game's going to be a blowout, I highly doubt it. Just because the fact of Wisconsin's defense is a very, very talented team. Like, they're very, very talented. And that I don't think I don't think anybody's really going to question that they've showed they showed against Michigan how talented they were, which was the other top team that they had to play. But again, Wisconsin, I think this even if it is a thirteen versus three matchup, Wisconsin's still going to have to play a perfect game. Ohio State's just incredibly talented, like crazy talented, and I mean it's just going to come down. Ohio State has to play a perfect Wisconsin, excuse me, has to play a perfect game to be, if they want to come and beat this team. Not because Wisconsin's bad or like they're in the situation of unranked. It's just, I think Ohio State is just that good and they're clicking that much this year that you kind of have to come in. You have to force turnovers and you have to play as close to a perfect game as you possibly can. And then, and then there's, I still think there's no for sure that Wisconsin wins this game. I think if anybody's trying to come in and saying Ohio State's going to win this by two touchdowns or more, I highly doubt that that's going to happen.
Some of the other takeaways is Tua Tagaloa. He has been ruled out for this upcoming Saturday's game against Arkansas with a sprained ankle. But he, but it has officially said Nick Saban has come out and officially said that he will be full go the following week in like what's with what might be the game of the year with number one Alabama versus number two LSU. If it stays like that, if they both win, then they will automatically it will stay like that. I think it's smart what they're doing. You got to rest them. There's no reason trying to go make him let him play against Arkansas and get him injured anymore and then get him rolled out for like the biggest game of the year. There's like I don't see any reason why you'd want to do that. I feel like that'd just be stupid, which is why I am I am happy with the coaching move that they're trying to do right here. So I think that's really smart by them. But he will he is out with injury at this point. Number four, Oklahoma looks like a looks like a definitely a playoff contender and probably more of anything a championship contender. With this game against Texas and the game against WVU back to back, this Oklahoma team looks like they can really challenge anybody. Their defense can play very well. Jalen Hurts can put the ball in the end zone. Like he, this kid, he's really, really talented, and I think a lot of people know how talented he truly is. Which is why I think there are a lot of teams that are like, oh yeah, he can definitely put a lot of points up on you if he has the chance to. You just kind of can't really give him the chance to. I say that, but then I have to also say that's easier said than done. Let's just not give him the chance to score. Yeah, that's probably a little bit easier said than done just because the fact of how good he is and how good this Oklahoma team is. Having Brooks, their running back, running the ball, would making this more of a, a balanced offense than some people expected this year. Some people thought it was just going to be Jalen, but I don't see it being just Jalen. I see it being more than just Jalen. I think Brooks can also help it. And then just having C.D. Lamb in the passing game and, and many others, I think this Oklahoma team is definitely a championship contender. And as I said before, we have a top 10, top 15, and top 20 matchup. So if there's really any big week to watch college football besides this and like rivalry week, would probably be the two biggest ones. It'd probably be this one. Like this game, literally depending on how this game goes, this could completely wreck some teams' hopes of going to the playoffs. It could give some team, it could bounce some teams up that are just like, there's like, oh, they're just waiting. Like there's a couple of teams like Oklahoma, as I talked about before, they're just waiting on Wisconsin to upset Ohio State because then Ohio State falls out of the top four. You move Clemson up to three and then them up to four. And then, hey, they're in the college football playoffs. Like, this week, just those three games, they can completely throw a wrench in what we thought was the college football standings and what they're going to be for the end of the season in just this one week. I mean, I know there's weeks left. I mean, this one week is going to be ginormous just because of the fact of how many top games there are between top teams and they're also how they're going to matter going forward because these teams are going to be the big games that they put on their resume and are like the big win category under the whole reason of, why I should be in the college football playoffs or why I shouldn't be like, or like who gets in and who doesn't. This is going to be another resume of who does like Wisconsin's like, yeah, we pulled, we went off the bat. We lost that Illinois, but we blew out Michigan and maybe we upset Ohio state. They, they're going to, they might, yeah, you lost one time, but those are ginormous wins that you also got. So we might let you in because you guys are showing me you can win in big games. And that's the teams that we need in the college football playoffs. And then, this could definitely throw a wrench in everything that we think we know about the college football at this point, just because the fact of how many top matchups there are and how many team seasons can be like, it can really make their season pretty much just kind of in, in there are multiple teams where these can just make or break their season pretty much and this early in the season with these top matchups. Like this is pretty crazy. They can, they can have a make or break game like right now. Like it's pretty, it's pretty crazy when you think about that. Now moving on to the NFL, looking first, Aaron Rodgers just had an incredible game. 
Sunday. It was just pre- pretty incredible. Five touchdowns passing. Like it was just, he, he, six touchdowns passing. My bad. He absolutely just went off. Like wasn't even fair. So, and I mean, a lot of people are saying, when was the last time we talked to a guy like on, that we think was like, he's close, he could be close to retiring. You know, he has like a pop off game unless his name is Tom Brady. But yeah, I just think that's crazy that like Aaron Rodgers is popping off like that. Like he's just going off like crazy. He now has the Packers all the way up to, I'm pretty, yeah, it would be a six and one record for the Packers at this point. Like they're just trying, they're just controlling the NFC up there with the Seahawks, funny enough, who just lost. And then, I mean, they're just a couple of teams there and they're running for the NFC at this point. When the Miz Dallas says they, for, they're pretty much taking control of the NFC East by storm as the Eagles are, as the Redskins and Giants are having, are very much struggling at this point in the season. Dallas is pretty much his only threat for this division right now is is the Eagles, and it's not looking like that's really going to be a threat for them either, just because the fact of Dallas just ran the Eagles like out, just ran by about by about twenty or thirty. So there's no question that this game that Dallas should have the NFC East after they're showing in this Eagles game. The Saints, I don't know why, but the, I don't know. It must just be the surrounding cast, but they're now with five straight. Wins without Breeze, and I think it's just the biggest question right here is, do you? I, I mean, I know they're gonna bring Breeze back, but I mean, practically, are you really going to when you have Teddy Bridgewater, who you could have Breeze coming back after this surgery, maybe not even being a hundred percent, and you could have Teddy Bridgewater having a chance that he could, he could have won six straight games at that point, and he's just clicking with the, with it. Do you really put like an eighty percent Breeze back in over a hundred percent Bridgewater, who's won six games straight? I mean, we're just gonna have to see when it comes to that. But I think there are honestly a lot of people are saying there should be. They're probably not going to cause just because how, how good Breeze is. But should there be a legitimate question there of who they start just because of how much he's been just been clicking with the offense recently? How much Teddy Bridgewater has been clicking with the offense? Now, at this point, he's already won five straight with them. He's five and zero as them as a starter after Breeze's injury. A quarter, another quarterback has fallen to injury as Patrick Mahomes is now out for for a, a pretty extended period of time, not very long, probably six to six to eight weeks with a dislocated kneecap. He got injured on a QB sneak after already having an injured ankle. They tried to QB sneak him. He got hit at a weird angle and ended up dislocating his kneecap. That's really gonna it's really gonna shake up the AFC as that could knock the Chiefs out of a t- out of a top AFC contender and that kind of just leaves the Patriots kind of just like chilling there as they're really the top team. They're I mean they're the team to beat anyway. But after the Chiefs are falling, who else is really gonna try to challenge them? Is the question like is the AFC just gonna be a cakewalk and for the Patriots and the NFC gonna be an absolute dogfight? As you have like four or five teams fighting for that spot. I mean, we're just going to have to see when it comes down in the end. But, I mean, that's really going to shake up the entire league with Mahomes being out for for that extended period of time. Now, one of the last takeaways I saw is the 49ers. They won a very sloppy game. They won a game 9 nothing against the Chicago defense that nobody thought was very good. And, I, I, I mean, I don't think they're very good either. But I just think this is really interesting because are the, a lot of people are just asking right now, are the 49ers for real? Like, I mean, you're undefeated right now. You have Jimmy Garoppolo as quarterback. But are you really for real? Like, I don't There are many people out there, and I'm probably one of them that doesn't believe that they are yet just because, like, the Patriots, they're undefeated. We believe them for real because Tom Brady has six Super Bowls to show why he's for real. See, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have that. He doesn't have that at all. I mean, the 49ers have Super Bowls, but it's been, it was a very, very, very long time since they won one. Which is why, which is probably the main reason why this question is coming up is for they, are they for real or not? Just because the fact 
of they don't have that recent success like the Patriots. They're two completely different teams when it comes to recent success. And it's just a question, do we think they're free? I think that they, you still need a couple more games. They can, like, get to 7 or 8 no, like, or 9 or 10 no is what I meant to say. 9 or 10, and I think that we're going to start to get into the we're for real category. But at this point, do I think they're for real? Probably not, but I think there's definitely a chance that they could get there. And with that said, this will wrap up the 31st edition of the Sports Run-Up Podcast. I want to thank you all for listening. If you have any comments or like constructive criticism, you can let me know down below. Make sure to comment it down below. And also, if there's any podcasts that you've missed, make sure to go listen to them down below. Make sure to go get caught up. And with that said, I want to thank you all for listening.